Hey everyone, this is Neil Otteson here with LegalSoft's podcast, and today we have a lawyer with us. His name is Adam Rappaport. Adam, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, you want to give us a quick little intro of who you are? Yeah. Um, my name is Adam Rappaport, and I've been practicing law for about 10 years here in the Southern California area. Uh, my main areas of practice are employment uh, law and personal injury. Awesome. Yeah. Did you always know you wanted to be a lawyer? When did you get interested? Oh, definitely, definitely not. I did not, never grew up thinking that. Yeah. It was a, a product, I think, of the um, recession in 2008 <laughs> when they were, I was in college and there was just not a lot of jobs. And I like to argue, so okay. I went to law school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have a nephew who I think would be a good a good lawyer as well. He wants to debate everything. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, there's a lot of you know, points in your life where uh, you kind of reinvent yourself or you kind of make discoveries as to kind of what your passion points are, and those things change over time. So it's kind of cool that you figured that out in college. I think I figured it out about five years after college, so uh, a little late bloomer on my end. Uh, but... Uh, so talk about your specialties, your, uh, the, uh, the yeah. cases that you like to do. So uh, personal injury and, and employment law, I definitely have a passion for uh, employment law, doing a, uh, they're called FIHA cases, um, discrimination, harassment, wrongful termination kind of cases. Uh, I used to work at a, um, a defense firm. I used to see the defense side of that, and now I do the plaintiff side of that. And um, those cases are, are you know super detailed, a lot of facts going on, and they're uh, pretty interesting cases. So I do like those kind of cases. That's awesome. Why, why, why those? What uh, sparks interest for you about those? Well, I, I, don't, I think that it, it's not just a one-size-fits-all approach, and you're not just, uh, uh, you know, you're in different areas. You know, someone uh, gets fired from a job at a fast food place versus a big corporation. You're not just, you know, dealing with one area or one area of, of, of industries. You're, you're dealing with a lot of different industries, a lot of different kind of people, and it's very personality-driven. So it's just they're interesting cases, interesting people involved, and no one case is the same. Awesome. Do you have any like noteworthy cases that you'd like to talk about? Well, uh, I, I did have a sexual harassment case a few years ago against a, a rather large company. Uh, we went to trial on the on the case. It was a hard fought a hard fought case, many years of litigation, and we ended up getting a sizable uh, award at the trial. So that was very uh, vindicating. Uh, from for my client and for myself for for the work that went into it. Yeah, several years of litigation. You said. Oh yeah, that's yeah. These these cases take years. Wow. Uh, a lot of them do. If you're gonna go the go the distance on them, yeah. That's wild. Uh, well, uh, persistence is key, I guess, uh, and patience. Definitely. Yeah, that's great. Uh, is that the. Uh... $800,000 settlement? Yes, it yeah. is that one, yes. Okay, well, congrats to you. Congrats to your client as well. Thank you. Uh, Hard-fought battle. Um, so I guess you said you were with a defense firm. Uh, in, no, so now you have experience on both sides, knowing knowing the def what the defense is looking for. What, what do you think the plaintiff uh, can anticipate in most cases? Uh, they, the plaintiff, uh, plaintiff's side needs to be ready to, to fight. And to not be afraid of what the defense is is gonna do, and you need to be ready to go to the trial, um, especially whether it's injury, employment, or any other kind of um, plaintiff side cases. Just the defense, they fight. The landscape ha has changed on the defense side, 
and you know they're, they're going to fight you and you got to be able to litigate in court have the skills to litigate anticipate what the next move is going to be and counter those moves and take it to trial if necessary so uh th those are the keys you can't just file the you can't just take the case and close your eyes it's a very active uh, uh, you know, it's a gamesmanship kind of situation. You need mm -hmm. to be really involved in the case. Yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Is there any big lesson you've learned uh, that uh, for the future of like, okay, never again will I make that mistake? No, I, I don't make any mistakes. No, okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that you need to adapt in in the case and. Sometimes you have a theory, legal or factual, that you come into the case with and you think that ah, that's the theory I'm going to stick with no matter what. And that's not – and things happen in discovery. Things happen with witnesses, and you have to adapt. And sometimes I think in the past I might have not uh, – I might have not adapted as, as quickly as I could have in the case, and it, it went a different way than I wanted to. But I think adaption is, is key. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, if you have any life hacks for uh, for attorneys on the plaintiff side or the defense side uh, that you, you know, is part of your process. Uh, just try not to get too stressed out and try not to take it too personal. Uh, the uh, these A lot of these cases, they can get personal sometimes and with the lawyers and, you know, it's just don't take it too personal is business and try not to get stressed out. It's easier said than done being a litigator. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah. Every job's like that a little bit. Is yes. that, yeah, don't take yes. it uh, home with you too much. Um, can you walk us through your journey post college a little bit more in detail? Yeah, sure. So as, as I mentioned before, I had no plans of going to law school. I was going to do business or yeah. something. i go maybe go into the family business and in construction that didn't happen in 2008. Uh, a terrible, bad recession time. So I went to law school. Had still had no idea what was you know going on, but I, I liked it, and um, I was able. I was very fortunate to get into a plaintiff's law firm my first year, where I, I learned a tremendous amount. Actually, the first day I was a lawyer, I was sworn in. The next morning, I was in court. Uh, so um, that was great experience, and uh, I, I'm thankful for that experience every day. And I, I learned a lot. You know, going to court every single day, getting a lot of experience. And then after that, I, I wanted a change of pace, and I went to the defense firm for a few, few years, and I saw the other side of things. And that was you know, eye-opening to see how the other side did things. Mm -hmm. So after a few years of that, I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to try to go out on my own. I kind of saw what the firms were about, and I didn't think that was for me at the time. So Yeah. What, what, at what point did you make that decision? It was like, okay, I'm going to do it myself. Uh, well, I was about to get married <laughs> and, you know, the firm life is just, I just wasn't going to be for me long-term and I had an opportunity to get some cases from family, some friends, from other lawyers. And I kind of just made that leap to, I'm going to go out on my own and do these cases and see how, see how I do it, see how I did it. And I had enough of a foundation because I was in those firms for a few years that I that I knew some stuff, and I, and I wasn't just starting from from zero, if that makes sense. So, Adam, what specifically about the firm life didn't really kind of jive with your style? Uh, well, when you're on the defense side, uh, you need to bill, and that is a, <laughs> a huge pain in the butt, and <laughs> your, your entire life is tracked in uh, yeah. 0.1 increments, and that was it, it was stressful and, and hard to 
imagine that that's going to be my career of that. And it's, it's for some people and God bless them, but that, that kind of uh, building life wasn't uh, really wasn't for me. Um, and that's something that made me say, okay, I, I need to look at my, do my own practice. Yeah. So, you know, being a lawyer is one thing, but running a business is a completely other thing. Kind of, uh, uh, what are some of the challenges you face, uh, day in, day out on, on, you know, running your own business that, you know, may not be attractive to you? Yeah, it's, it's a great question because, uh, lawyers are not, uh, you know, they're lawyers, they're not business people. They're not, uh, running, they're not running their own, um, businesses that much. And, uh, it, it, it was challenging because when I first started, it was just me. So I'm doing all the calls to the adjusters. I'm doing all the letters of representation myself. I was actually going down to the court myself to file the lawsuits this is before we had e-filing. Um, and I would actually sometimes even serve them myself. I was trying to save as much money as I could because it was just me. And, uh, you know, I didn't, wasn't making that much. But the, the challenges now is, you know, having a good staff and delegating to them and giving them the, the process of – what taking a case from its inception all the way through the litigation process and uh, having systems in place, I think is important. Yeah. Did you create those systems yourself or did you, uh, I'd love to kind of hear how you went from a a single sole proprietor to now a team, uh, and being a leader of a team. Yeah. So I, I, I when I first started, like I said, I really wanted to know how to do everything. Some lawyer and some lawyers, they have their secretaries and they don't want to know how to file a case or do anything. I, I did everything myself, so I knew what that was going to take. So I knew from the from day one, what does it mean to file a case? What does it mean to serve a case? What does it mean to do discovery? And and I, I was ba- able to teach my employees as I got them, this is what you do because I knew how to do it firsthand. Yeah. So I, and I would create like a list for them. Okay, when we get a case, this is like the checklist of things you do. When we go to litigation, this is the checklist of things you do. Because I did them. I hands-on did them all myself. So that was that was helpful when I started and, um, you know, training my staff to do that. Yeah. Do you have any advice for uh, law firms that may be in that situation? I, I find, you know, with Legal Soft, we interact with lawyers who needed a staff two weeks ago or a month ago, you know, and they're too busy to to mm-hmm. train and, and spend time on um coming up with the systems and, and they really need to delegate their workload out. What, what advice do you have for those firms? Uh, uh, it's f- finding the right people and, and training them. Cause if you put the time into training your people, it's, you're going to pay dividends on the back end. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's any job, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think law just, it's so detail oriented. And especially when you're doing different practice areas, it's, the, it's about the training. If you're not giving the right training, not giving them the right tools, you're, 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 you're going to go backwards. Yeah. How, what's your approach to finding the right people? Uh, what's my approach? Yeah. Well, you know, they need to be, uh, congenial and they need to be good on the phone. Uh, there's a lot on, on the phone here in this job. And, um, you know, some of my, my staff speak Spanish. That's very helpful because a lot of my clients are Spanish speaking and, you know, they need to, uh, be able to use good judgment and they do. Yeah. Do you outsource to staffing firms to help you staff or, uh, do you do it all in house? Uh, right now it's all, it's all in house right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, so in hindsight, we talked about hindsight earlier as 2020. If you could go back and redo uh, college, graduate school, law law school, all of it, what would you do differently? Uh, well, 
I think that I, I did a decent job of coming out. I, I did have a plan of wanting to work in the firm for uh, three to f uh, five years to get some more firm experience, but I, I ended up with th about three years in the firm experience. So maybe going back, I would try to go to a defense firm first. Um, but I think the plaintiff's firm was really valuable for me. Mm -hmm. So I just think that it's important that someone, if they come out, that they work in, um, they work in a firm first. So yeah, that, is that your advice to all people in college right now? Uh, it, it is. I know a lot of people that have gone solo when they first come out, and they've done a, they've done a good job, and that, that's amazing for them. But I, I feel like to get the academics of what law entails, if you're going to be a litigator, if you're going to go to court, if you're going to do trials, working in a firm is it's something you have to do because you're not going to get that experience on your own you're just you're just not yeah there's something different about being a professional student versus actually living the life and, and getting a practical application of, of exactly. everything yeah. yeah um so you talked about uh the 2008 recession being a big game changer yeah, twice, for, yeah. uh, for you uh talk about how covid uh, and the pandemic kind of affected business yeah i think there's a there's a there's a pros and cons uh pro definitely the efficiency factor uh, now the uh Depositions are all on Zoom, so you know we used to have to drive down wherever for an all-day deposition. Now we're doing you could do two in a day, three in a day on Zoom. The court system uh, slow to adapt, but now they're also doing everything on Zoom or WebEx or BlueJeans or Microsoft Teams. That is a, made huge efficiency because you again you have to drive, be at eight thirty in the morning in, in San Diego and then come back for five minutes. It didn't it doesn't make it didn't make any sense. So. Nationwide, that's that's helped a lot. So it's a, it's enabled me to do more cases, enabled me to uh, serve my clients more effectively. I think cons is that uh, the court system is more uh, clogged up now because we were shut down for that period of time. So we're on a few years backlog. Uh, so it's you know justice, it's justice uh, you know delayed is justice denied, and people are waiting for their day in court. And so it's it's clogged up, and people are frustrated with that. Yeah. I just had to serve jury duty, <laughs> and it's yeah. uh, that uh, as aside from like checking in online, that process has not evolved or uh, no. changed over the years. Uh, it's a bit painful. Thank you for your service. Yeah, <laughs> my pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, let's talk about how you get clients. Um, I'd love to kind of hear how you market your your firm, and you know how do how do clients find you? Right. Um, well, it's it's a lot of referral based. I, I've been in it for 10 plus years. So when I first started, I, I had a partner who was Spanish speaking. He was able to um, connect me with some people in the community that would, you know, refer over cases, people in the Hispanic community. And from there, it kind of like grew. Mm -hmm. And um, now I have relationships, with, for example, with like a lot of doctors, chiropractors. So it is a lot of referral based. Um, and I don't do a lot of uh, you know, paid for marketing. And I, I'm lucky that it, it has just grown on itself because, you know, you, you do, if you do a good job for people, they come back. If you do a good job for your, their, for your, your client, their family says, Hey, you know, talk to Adam. So uh, I think that I've served the clients well, and I've gotten a lot of business from that. Yeah. That's awesome to hear that. You don't have to, uh, worry about the marketing aspect of well, so much. <laughs> well, I, I, it, it, you always got to bring in cases. You always got to bring in cases. Yeah. Um, how long did that take for you to kind of get the referral business to kick in? Well, I started with one client. I started with one accident client, and I started with one employment case at a time. You know, I had two cases, or you yeah. know, plus a couple other random, you know, small claims cases, whatever. 
So uh, it just and it just all snowballed from there. So it just it's just one at a time. So you know, it's like the, they always say, like your first sales call is the hardest. So that's that's what it was for me. So what's your advice for for new lawyers who fresh on the scene to build connections with lean their lean network? So uh, when when I first uh, started my own firm, I was lucky to be connected with some really great chiropractors who um, taught me how the personal industry uh, personal injury industry works. And, and really, when it, when it comes down to you know taking care of the medical providers, you have to realize something that number one, your client is your client; they're your first priority. Okay, so you have to do what's right by them. Uh, number two is you also need to take care of the medical providers. They're providing a great service to the client who is injured and they also need to be uh be compensated fair value so when you do settle a case um they you negotiate with the lien holders to get to come to a fair amount that the client agrees with and it's just what the process is is that you should just be fair to all parties involved but keeping in mind that the client is your number one priority and that's how i approach the liens you talked earlier about going the extra mile for your for your clients and really, you know, doing your due diligence on on everything. What, what does that mean? Well, that means, uh, you know, properly working up a case. I think that's that's the that's the first thing. A lot of some I won't say a lot, but some lawyers they just kind of let the case linger around and they'll do the bare minimum. I, I try and I try not to do that, especially with the employment cases. There is a tremendous amount of workup investigation, background checks, uh, you're pulling records, you're looking at text, you're pulling phone records, looking at text messages, you're putting together a story. So you're getting witness lists, you know, you're doing intense discovery. So you got to work the case up and also in personal injury, but uh, to, to, to a different extent, you got to work the case up and you got to be ready. And you, you know, it's one of those sayings of whoever's, whoever works harder is going to win. And, and it's just, it's true. It's true in court too. Like, you know, the other side is getting paid by the hour. You know, you're, you're mostly not, but you got, you still have to outwork them. You have to outwork them. So you need to be ready. So when you go to the mediation conference or you go to the motion or you go to trial, you are more, you are more prepared than them. And that's what, that's what it means to me. Great. Thanks. Whoa. With clients, you talked about, you know, a lot of your business comes from referrals now. How do you, what, what's your process for vetting your, your clients? Yeah, that's a great question. So with, uh, with vetting, um, you know, with personal injury, it's a, it's, there's, there's a checklist, you know, it's, you know, you look at liability, you look at liability, you look at, um, insurance. So those are kind of like standard things. You know, if, if there's a dispute about how the accident happened, you'll look at, uh, you know, you'll, you'll look at the Google Maps, you'll, you'll you look at the car damage, figure out how the accident happened. I think with employment, the vetting is much different and much more intense because these cases are personality driven. OK, and someone has been wronged and they feeling they're feeling emotional, personal about it, which is it's a human emotion. We can all understand that. So you, you, I meet with every employment law, uh, every employment client. I meet with them in person. So. Because I want to look at them, I want to hear their story, and I want to be able to assess their credibility, which is a huge factor in these cases, is credibility. If the other side thinks your client's lying, rightly or wrongly, they're not going to pay. <laughs> that, that's it. And I think that goes for any case, but especially true in employment law. Yeah. So, uh, so I do meet with them. Without going into detail, <laughs> can you talk about... Uh, 
someone you miss vet i don't know the terminology miss vetted or vetted incorrectly that you wish you hadn't have taken well you know there sometimes uh and this might be a surprise to your listeners that clients lie (laughs) (laughs) and and you don't know this when you're signing them up but as the case goes on uh, this comes to a parent, you know, and of course we have duties as attorneys, uh, you know, and we're not going to say, oh, my client's lying, but that's the challenge. So, uh, it, and if the facts is presented when you first sign up, oh, this is an amazing case. So this is, this is, I, I got this case. And then it turns out that they're lying. Uh, you know, you spent a lot, you know, as a lawyer, you spent a lot of time and money on that case, mm-hmm. a lot of time and money. So that that's lessons learned from, for me. That's lesson learned for anyone that's starting their firm is, uh, it's vetting and it's vetting. Um, does this story make sense? What they're saying, like uh, what any kind of case, you know, how they got fired, you know, they were, they say they were a perfect employee, nothing, nothing, they had no blemishes on their record, right? And then something comes out. Or they say the accident happened this way and then we get the surveillance footage, right? So, so it just comes with, does, does this story make sense? And, uh, you know, and my staff is trained to also look at some of that. So, I, d- I have a couple sets of eyeballs on that before I sign up a case. Yeah, judgment of character really. I, 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 everyone I know has misjudged someone at some point, and it's gotten their relationship into trouble. Whether it's a employment relationship, a legal relationship, uh, a friendship, yeah. a relationship uh, altogether, it, it uh, is really kind of terrible when you have to deal or undo relationships based off of lies. Yeah, and we have. As lawyers, we have these ethical and legal duties to clients. So in the middle of a case and, and you find something out, I mean, you can't just be like, all right, bye. You know, you need to do what you still need to do what's best for the client. And yeah. that puts lawyers in a tough position. Right. Yeah. And I think you bring up a great point of having multiple eyes on uh, uh, for perspective on someone's judgment of character. Uh, right. We can be easily swooned by personalities or stories or facts or or whatever. But uh, getting multiple people's personal or perspectives around personalities is very, very helpful in making the right judgment call there. Definitely. Awesome. Well, Adam, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you swinging by. And how can people reach you if they want to uh, get a hold of you? Uh, my website is rapreportfirm.com. Thank you, LegalSoft. And uh, my, I have a hashtag at rapreportfirm on Instagram and on uh, Facebook as well. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Thank you.